Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church plant located in the beautiful city of Frisco, Texas. We pray that the following message will bless your life and help you to a dynamic and powerful walk with Christ. If you have any questions about our church and about who we are, please feel free to visit our website, citychurchfrisco.org, or feel free to email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. Thanks for listening. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3. We're going to read from verse 3 to 9. This is the, the verse that we're going to use to start off this, this afternoon. Um, it's not the verse that we're going to stay in, but it's going to kind of set the tone that we're going to be speaking on today. Matthew chapter 13, verse 3 uh, to 9. When you have it, say amen. amen. The Word of God says, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, he told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil. And they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before your presence one more time. We thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you because you speak into our lives uh, through your word. And we ask you, Lord, that th- today, let it not be an exception, that today we can hear your voice speaking into our lives, that today, Lord, we can be challenged by your word, and that today, Lord, that um, you speak into our needs, that you speak into our hearts. I thank you for City Church. I thank you for each person that's here. I thank you for those that aren't here, Lord. And I just thank you, Lord, because uh, you continue to bless us as we move forward in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So beginning, we're, we're in the beginning, beginning of February. We're, today is what? February 5th, I believe. By this time, by this time in the year, if you have made a New Year's resolution, by this time in the year, there are some New Year's resolutions that we are starting to see that the resolve that we had January 1st is starting to to waver a little bit, okay? Maybe this year you started with the idea of running, uh, of exercising, of eating well, and like you kind of start seeing that you're kind of going back into how things used to be before the New Year started. And statistically speaking, that by this time, um, a a lot of people that have made New Year's resolutions have have stopped following through on that New Year resolution. And the reality is that only 8% of people that make New Year's resolutions actually follow through through the whole year. We're at that point that, that we're beginning to maybe lose a little bit of the momentum that we had at the beginning of the year. And, and I hope that, yes, that you set some good resolutions, some good goals for the year for your health and for your finances and for all these things. But I also hope that you set some resolutions for your spiritual life. And we're beginning today 
a new series that I think will help us continue in reaching our spiritual goals and, and that I think will challenge us because uh, in a moment we're going to be challenged uh, uh, to go through uh, uh, something together as a church, okay? And I'll, I'll be explaining that in a little bit. But uh, the reality is that as we're studying this for the next few weeks, um, that life is a series of decisions. You woke up this morning and you made a decision, you, you made the decision that today is Sunday. Yes, definitely today is the day I'm going to go to church. Uh, tomorrow you're going to wake up in the morning and yes, today is Monday. Uh, you make the decision that you're going to go to work and that you're going to be productive. Or you make the decision that, you know what, I'm going to ask for the next few days off because I just need some time at the house. And, and life is a series of, series of choices and a series of decisions. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at, at, at four different choices, four different decisions that you and I can make that can seriously, seriously impact the way we live our lives. So our new series today is called, I Have Decided, okay? I Have Decided. And as we go through the series, as I said, we're going to be challenged to, to, to do something together as a church, okay? And, and today, the decision that we're going to make is that today we will decide to follow Jesus. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. So some of us may have set this resolution at the beginning of the year that this year is going to be different. This year, spiritually speaking, I'm going to pray more. This year, I'm going to fast more. This year, I'm going to seek God more. This year, things will be different. And I, and I thought, you know, we're getting into February. We're getting into the second month of the year. And I want to continue challenging you in this, in this area in your life. And so we have decided... To follow Jesus. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, I've already made this decision. I'm already a Christian. I'm already a believer. Uh, this is not for me. I can take the next 30 minutes off, okay? No, no. There is a difference. There is a difference between being a believer, being a Christian, and being a Christ follower. There is a big difference. Because, see, we can be believers, Listen carefully. We can be a believer, we can call ourselves a Christian, but we may not be a Christ follower. And on the flip side, we can be a Christ follower, but we may not be a believer. Hmm, how does that work? Well, I've read about um, some Jewish, uh, there's a group of Jewish people that, that um, they follow the teachings of Christ and they believe that Christ taught a good life, and it's a good life and a good example to follow. But even though they follow his teachings, they don't believe that Jesus is God, and they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So it's possible that they're, they are following Christ, but they're not Christians. They're not believers. And in the same way, we can be believers and we can come to church on Sundays. We can go to city groups every week. We can do certain things in our lives. But it's very possible that you and I are not Christ followers. See, and in the passage that we just read, Jesus is telling the story to the people as they're, as they're listening. And he tells them that there was a planter that was going out and he was, he was spreading some seed. 
And he says that as he was spreading some seed, some of the seed landed on the footpath, on the way, on the path of, of, his, of where he was walking. And the footpath, when you and I walk over the same path, it becomes hard. Have you seen that when you're going to the park and there's an area where everybody walks through? There's no grass. It's just hard ground. And, well, the seed will land on there. And the Bible says, Jesus said that, that the seed would just land. It wouldn't take root. It wouldn't germinate. And because it was just on the hard floor, on the hard ground, that the birds would come and eat it. And that as he was spreading the seed, there was another type of soil that was found. There was some shallow soil. There was some dirt. But there was a, a layer of bedrock directly underneath. And there was no depth to the soil. And yes, the seed would land and it would sprout. But as soon as the sun came out, it would wilt because the roots had no depth. There was, the roots did not have a chance to grow deep into the ground. And then yet there was another, another soil. There was soil with thorns and weeds. And it says, he says, Jesus says that as he spread the seed and it landed between the thorns and the weeds, that, that it, it grew and it sprouted. But that the seed and the plant that was giving forth was choked out by the thorns. The nutrients were robbed because of the weeds and it died. And then finally, he talks about a different kind of soil, a good and fertile soil. That this good and fertile soil, the seed went in and it, and it took hold and it sprouted and it grew roots. And the Bible says that this, this, the crops that were produced from the seed was 60, 50, 60, 100 times more than what was planted so the question becomes, which soil am I? See, I, I look at my life and, and I like to consider and think that I am that good, fertile soil in which the seed can come in and it can sprout and that I can be productive and that I can give forth good fruit for the kingdom of God. But the reality is that any given day I can be one of the other soils. There may be days where I feel hardened, that nothing is just grabbing a hold of me, that passion is gone, and there may be days or two days or a week or two weeks where I just feel like I'm as dry as a bone. But yet then there's other days that I want to receive, and I'm asking God, and I'm receiving, but the occupations of life, right? Have you ever been so occupied that there's no time for anything else? And that seed that was planted in my heart, just it dissipates. It disappears. It's gone. The question is, where do you find yourself? Our goal in life should be to be believers that follow Christ. That we can be good soil. That when the seed is planted in our hearts, that we give forth fruit. Not just for our own lives, but for those around us. And the Bible speaks on us being followers of Christ. What exactly is a follower? I looked it up, okay? A follower is someone that is in the service of another or someone that imitates somebody else. 
To follow is to pursue. I am a follower of Christ. Therefore, I am a, someone that is in pursuit of Jesus. Praise the Lord, everybody. Following Jesus should be our life's aim and not just an empty claim. Okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Following Jesus, being a follower of Christ, should be our life's primary aim. And it shouldn't just be another empty claim that we make. It should be something Real. It should be something that we are pursuing day in and day out. It should be something that we're chasing after in our lives. That we can say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And it's true because you can see it in my life. So if this should be our, our primary goal, if this should take precedence over anything that we do in our lives, well, the question becomes, how do I become that good soil? How do I follow Jesus in my life? How is it that I can take steps to be more like him? And I want to give you three things that I believe can help you. And maybe some of them are just going to be very, very obvious. But I think that we need to be reminded about how you and I should be living our lives and how you and I should be following after Jesus. Because after all, we call ourselves believers. We say and we sing that to worship you I live. That your love has awakened me. That I exalt thee. And we sing these beautiful words. Shouldn't our lives reflect the song in our heart? Shouldn't our lives be an example of what truly is hidden in our hearts? So how do I follow Jesus? How do I do this? I believe first that in order that for you and I to follow Jesus, we must study his tendencies. We have to study his tendencies. We need to study his habits. We need to ask the question, uh, what does he do? What, does he, what is he like? How does he respond to certain things? There was a book written um, uh, years ago. I remember I was in high school or in middle school. And the, the book was, What Would Jesus Do? W.W. J.D. And there was wristbands people would wear. And that in every decision that you make, you should ask yourself, what would Jesus do? But see, the question becomes, how can you know what Jesus does if you don't know what he did? We need to study his habits. We need to study his tendencies. Today is the day of the big game. Okay, some of you care, some of you don't care. But for those of us that may care a little bit, um, you know, and we wished it was our team that was there for the big game, uh, let me assure you that these two teams, these past two weeks, have not just been sitting on their hands waiting for the day to come. 
They have been busy at work laying down a game plan, studying the opponent, learning what tendencies exist as they line up, as they form a huddle, as they break out of the huddle, as they line up in defensive positions, as they line up in offensive positions. They've been studying day in and day out because there is an objective that needs to be met or that needs to be reached. Praise the Lord, everybody. And they study these tendencies of one another. And although they study them to defeat the enemy, right, um, we are to study God's the tendencies of Jesus so that we can be more like him. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. See, Paul was so confident that he was following, he was pursuing, he was chasing Jesus with all of his heart that he could stand up in front of a congregation and say, hey, do like I do because I am an imitator of Christ. And I wonder how many of us can walk up to our kids and to our, to our children and say, hey, son, you know what, if you treat your future wife, the way I treat my wife, you know what? You're going to be okay. You're going to be blessed. You know what? Uh, if you're talking to moms, if you're talking to your daughters, daughter, if you treat your future husband the way I treat my husband, you know what? Your marriage is going to be blessed. Can we say that confidently? Can we say confidently, son, if you pray the way that I pray, if you seek after God the way I seek after God, you will be blessed in your life. That's the challenge that you and I face, to be followers of Christ, to know what Christ is like, to know what his habits are, to know the way he lived his life. A few years ago, uh, I was going, we were working to, 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 to put on a retreat for, for men, for a group of men. We were expecting 200, between 200 and 250. Um, I was the, I don't remember if I was the secretary or if I was the vice president of the, uh, of the department. And I was, we were working together. We were having meetings after meetings, and, and we got to know each other pretty well. And I remember that the, the president, I wasn't the president, but I remember that the president asked us, hey, um, let's arrive one day early to the retreat so that we can have a work day and setting up and getting ready and that we can pray together that God would bless this next couple of days that are coming up. And we all thought it was a great idea. And so we show up, and we're there at the, at the retreat. Retreat, and we're there one day early. There's a group of about ten of us that are there, and I remember that the the, the brother, the president of the of the men's department, he 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 had bought lunch for everybody. Okay, and he had brought somebody to come and and, and cook some some delicious uh, street tacos. And man, we were like in heaven at that moment because they just kept on coming. And I remember that uh, as we were eating, he pulls out drinks and and he's putting them out and said, "Brother Hustle, don't worry, I got you. I got you Diet Coke for you." I was I was a little surprised that he had been paying attention to what I drank. 
And that he had the thought of, you know what, this is a, a, a little extra that I can do for the brother. I mean, and he was the president. He, wasn't, uh, he was serving me. And I thought, what a nice detail that you and I can learn tendencies of people, which we can. We pick up on the tendencies of our spouses, of our children, of our coworkers. But in reality, the, the, the one that we should be chasing after is after Jesus, learning and seeking what his tendencies are. So I want to challenge you today. Before we go on, I want to challenge you to a gospel challenge. Okay? Over the next 30 days, I know this is a short month. We don't have... Uh, 30 days in the month, and we're already at the fifth of the month. But for the next 30 days, over the next four weeks, I want to challenge you to a gospel challenge. I want to challenge you that you and I as a church, we read through the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in 30 days. Okay? This is how we can do it. There's two ways that you and I can do this. We can do it. The old-fashioned way, okay? The analog way. You can pick up a Bible. And you open your Bibles to Matthew. You go to the table of contents if you don't know where Matthew's at. All right? And you find Matthew. That's the first gospel. And you read three chapters a day. For 30 days, you'll be done. Three chapters will take you. Can you carve out five, six minutes of your day? Three chapters. And you can do it several ways. You can either start on Matthew. You can read Matthew chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Then the next day, 4, 5, 6. The next day, 7, 8, 9. Or uh, you can mix it up and you can read um, the, three, the three gospels. They're called the synoptic gospels. They go together. It's, uh, it's Matthew, Luke, and John. You can read Matthew 1, Luke 1, and John 1 the first day. Then you can read Matthew 2, Luke 2, John 2 the second day. And then when you're done with those three Gospels, then you just read through the book of Mark. That's 16 chapters. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm giving you homework, ain't I? That's one way that you can do it. The other way you can do it is that I mostly do my Bible reading on this device here. And if you go to uversion.com, you can download the Bible app. A lot of you already have it. And you go down to the bottom where it says plans. You go to plans and you search in the plans the Gospels. That's all you got to put, the Gospels. There is a 30-day reading plan for the Gospels. And you and I, we can start this today. I'm already ahead of you. I already read the whole book of Mark, okay? So I'm a (laughs) go-getter. Actually, I was already doing a reading plan, and I had already read through Mark. So I am going to stop my reading plan and join you guys for the next 30 days in reading the Gospels. See, I believe that the only way that you and I are going to become Christ followers is that you and I can know what Jesus said. If you and I can understand what Jesus' words and how he lived his life during the three-year ministry that he had on this earth, that impacted the world in such a way that 2,000, more than 2,000 years later, we're still living in in accordance to God's word, to the words of Jesus. But we need to study his tendencies. I don't know, is there two or three people that will join me in the gospel challenge? 
All right, yes. And now, let me, give me, I'll give you a couple disclaimers, okay? Because this has happened to me. You fall behind on your Bible reading. You fall behind the week, and then you look back, and there's like 40 chapters you have to read, and you're thinking, oh, I hate Pastor Daniel. Don't say that, okay? Don't say that. Just, just push the reset button and just start where you're at, okay? Or you might think, wow, I'm sure Pastor Daniel's been on top of it, and, and God loves Pastor Daniel more than he loves me because he does his Bible reading. No, 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 no. Don't think that. Just do your Bible reading the best that you can. But let's challenge ourselves to do the three chapters a day so that we, as we go, see, we're talking today, I've decided to follow Jesus. Next week, we're going to build upon that decision and make another decision. And, and as we go through this and as we read the Gospels, it's going to be a very solid foundation to what we're talking about the next few weeks, okay? So we have to, we have to study the tendencies of Jesus. The second thing that we need to do is that we, we need to learn to listen for his voice. We need to learn to listen for his voice. John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, some of us may be under the impression that God does not speak anymore. But let me tell you something. God still speaks. Jesus still speaks into our lives. And he wants for you to be able to interact with him. He wants for you to be able to understand what he is telling you for your life. But we need to learn to listen for his voice. God speaks through his word. Where is his word? It's in my hands. This is what's going to happen the next 30 days. As, as you and I are reading, and this is my suggestion to you, okay, is that I was going to bring one, but I didn't bring it. But uh, get a highlighter. Highlight your Bible. If you don't, want, you don't feel comfortable writing in your Bible, then go, go to Walmart, go to Target, go somewhere and buy a, one of those paper Bibles that you feel okay in highlighting and highlight the words of Jesus as you're reading them. But highlight those things that jump out at you. And as you highlight those things and as you, uh, you can have a notebook with you and just kind of write a little something and say, why? And ask yourself, why did this jump out at me? And if you're reading along with your wife or your spouse or your, your kids, you're going to notice something. You're going to notice that one person highlights one thing and the other person highlights a different thing. Why is that? Because God speaks to us in different manners. And the things that call out to me are the things that I'm needing at that moment. And that jump out at me. And the things that jump out to my wife and she highlights them, those are the things that my wife is needing at that moment at that time. So God speaks through his word. God also speaks through other people. When you and I come to church, we should come anticipating that God is going to speak. It's not Pastor Daniel. It's not a minister that comes and preaches. It is God delivering a message to his people. And God is telling you, chase after me. Follow me. Follow me. 
God speaks through other people. Also, God speaks through circumstances. We, we go through circumstances in life and, and we feel God's promptings. And for some reason, frustration begins to settle. And many times, those frustrations in life, those circumstances in life, that's God speaking into our lives and saying, hey, there is a shift coming. There's a change coming. There's a blessing coming, but you gotta, you gotta move. You gotta do something. There's gotta be something that happens in your life. And, and we gotta know that God speaks to us through his through circumstances. So one of the questions that, that is asked very often is that when we're talking about listening to, to learning to listen to God's voices, is well, how do I know? How do I know that that's God speaking to me? How do I know that, that God is truly delivering a message for me, to me? Well, if there's something that's strongly, strongly in your spirit that you feel God is speaking to, to you, there's three things that you need to look for. You need to, number one, cross-check it against his word. Again, very important. Our Bible reading is very important. I've, I've read several uh, counseling books and, and um, uh, pastoral, pastoral counseling. And one of the things that I, I find funny that I've read a couple times and just examples of different things that some pastors have to, have to deal with is that uh, a brother or a sister comes into the office and says, uh, Pastor, uh, I feel that God has been speaking into my life and that... And that um, he, he has puts this person in my life and it's, I got to leave my husband or my wife because, because God is telling me that this is my true soulmate. Well, open your Bibles. <laughs> oh, God despises divorce. God wants you to have a strong family God uses the example of marriage as the relationship between Jesus and his church. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry, sister, but that's not God talking. Those are your emotions. That's your discontent. That's your feelings. Praise the Lord, everybody. So you got to cross-check what you think you're hearing against his word. How are we going to do that? we got to keep reading his word. we got to go through his word. we got to study his word. Second thing we can do is to know if God is truly speaking into our lives, we need to seek wise counsel. I feel that there's a decision that I need to make, and I feel that God is, is telling me to, 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 to make this decision. And to, maybe it's a financial decision. Maybe it's a, a shift in careers. Maybe it's going back to school. Whatever it may be, you need to seek wise counsel. Surround yourself with godly people and talk to them. You know what? I've had this in my heart. What do you think? What, what, do you think this is something wise for me to do? And if there's two or three people that are aligning with you and saying, yeah, you know what, that sounds like that's God. And if it cross-checks with his word, then you're, you're on the right track. Are we tracking? <laughs> yes? You're on the right track. And if these two things work out, and it is cross-checked against God's word, and you, you, you've um, looked for wise counsel in your life, there will be a peace within your heart. There will be a peace within your heart. You have to learn to listen for his voice. And as we learn to listen for his voice, we also, if you want to learn to listen to God's voice, you got to create margin in your life. 
Okay? We started the year, some of us started the year fasting for 21 days. And I was amazed at the time that I was able to use to, to spend it with uh, reading his word and, and spend it with praying and searching for God. And we stopped the 21-day fast, and it was amazing how fast that time just gets sucked up. You have to be intentional in creating margin in your life. You have to continue fasting. Maybe it's not a 21-day fast, but you got to fast uh, every once in a while, once a week, twice a week, and say, Lord, this day I'm going to dedicate it to you. I will not get on my social media feeds. I will not, uh, instead of having lunch today, I'm going to spend time reading your word and praying. You got to be intentional. You have to schedule it into your, into your day. If you want to hear God's voice, these are the things that we got to do. Praise the Lord, church. Amen. The last thing that we need to do, if you and I are, are going to follow Jesus, we need to study his tendencies. We need to learn to listen for his voice. And number three is that we have to act on his word. Act on his word. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, In the same way, Faith by itself, being a believer by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, it's dead. We'll read that again. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. The, the whole chapter, the, the verses leading up to this, he's talking about what good is it that, that your brother is, is cold and your brother has no food and you tell him, go, go eat something, go be fed, go be clothed, clothed, clothed and, and you do nothing about it. You say, I'm just praying for you, God bless you. There's got to be action. There's got to be action. If there's a need in that person's life, you step into that person's need. Praise the Lord. Amen. Last week, that's what we talked about. The spiritual gifts, our gifts are not ours to keep, but ours to give. Our gifts are not ours to keep, but ours to give. That when we see something that is going on within the church, that we see something going on with our neighbor, we see something within the community that you and I can be a light and reach into that, into that situation to be a blessing, then we take an action. We meet a need. There will be times where you and I will take a risk. Praise the Lord. Amen. We will take a risk. Will you mess up at times? Yeah, you will probably mess up. Someone may say, no, I don't need your help. But you need to take risks in your life. Acting upon God's word assumes three things. Okay, I'm, I'm finishing up. Acting on God's word assumes three things. Number one is that his will for me is good. Pastor, I'm, I'm scared of truly following Jesus and acting upon his word because I'm scared that he's going to send me to Africa to be a missionary. I'm scared that he's going to send me to China to be a missionary. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, only then will you be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good. Everybody say good. 
His pleasing and perfect will. See, God's will for your life is good, church. Jesus was telling the people that if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to you? We have to understand that God's will for our life is good. Number two is that his will for me will be helpful to other people. God's will for me will be helpful to other people. Philippians chapter 2 verse 4 says, Let each of you look not only for his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So when you and I align with God's will, not only is it good, but it's helpful for others. God's will is not a selfish will just for you and I to keep. Again, we, we, we just talked about that. Our gifts are not ours to keep, but ours to give. The third thing is that his will for me, this is the challenging one, his will for me will sometimes be contrary to what I think is best for me. Hmm. I don't want to go to Africa. But maybe God brings you to a place where he says, you know what, maybe you're not going to Africa, but I need you to go into this ghetto. I need you to go into this, this poor place. I need you to go into this, this poverty-ridden place, and I need you to go preach the word, and I need you to be a light. There needs to be hope injected. See, the thing is that when you and I follow Jesus, we need to set a, make a firm decision and say, Lord, I say yes. I say yes. Before I even know what the question is, before I even know what your will is, I say yes. Because, see, if we don't make that decision beforehand, uh, there will be decisions that we might, there will be things that God challenges to do that we think are not really that good for us. And, and we will allow our emotions to make decisions for us. Pastor, you want me to lead a city group? I, I don't think that's good for me. Uh, I have to work, and I'm not very good with words. I don't know how to study. Uh, but I said, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. So, so yes, Pastor. I'm scared. My knees are knocking, but I'm going to do it. Pastor, you want me to open my home, but my home is so small. My home is not adequate. My home is not, is not the right place. Uh, but I said, yes, that I will follow Jesus. And sometimes we're asked to do things that get us out of our comfort zone. We like being comfortable, right, church? We like today, if we go watch the game, we want to sit on our, in our couch and let there be a nice spread in front of us, right? There's chips and guacamole and queso and, and I'm hungry, right? But, but you just want it to be there so you can be comfortable as you watch, as you're entertained. But see, God is not here to entertain us. His, his will for us may at times go against what we think is best for us. Oh, Lord, you want me to plant a church? I've never planted a church. I've never started with just my family and, and done this, but you're asking me to do this, but I remember that I said I would follow you, and yes, Lord, 
I'm here. I'm here. And I ask you to stand today. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to be good, fertile soil. I have decided to take on this gospel challenge so I can study his tendencies, so I can learn to hear his voice, so I can act upon his word.